Hello, and welcome to the Off the Hinges podcast, your verbal form of the pro wrestling circuit. I'm the man who refuses to get on ladders during ladder matches. Why? Because I'm afraid of hats. I'm Marcus. Speaking of Marcus, I'm the man who wants to put the choke back in choke slam. That's right. I want to choke Marcus. This is Brandon. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in. Have another great show lined up. Glad to be back with my co-host, Marcus, no matter what accent he's speaking or if he's going through some, I don't know, mental breakdown or whatever the hell that was all about. But I'm glad to be here no matter what. Hey, let's start with some correspondence. You know this show is big time now because now we're starting to get correspondence from our fans. We're big time now. Got a message. Someone on Facebook. A loyal listener. Doesn't want his name to be mentioned. Okay, understandable. I don't know. Maybe he's like kind of ashamed that he's listening. Maybe he doesn't want his wife to find out. He said we can just call him John, and that's fine. So question. He writes in. Last week we had our meat versus veggies debate. Easy enough. So John's taking a jab at me, and that's fine. That's the name of the game, name of the show. He says if eating meat was so bad... Look back to the Last Supper. Didn't Jesus eat meat at the Last Supper? Was he wrong? Okay. I'll I'll let my uh, esteemed co-host Marcus handle this one since you're uh, you're the meat man as I as I uh, christened you last week. All I gotta say is hooey. So of course you're just loving this because somebody's tearing me down. I love it and I'll take it. I mean, when you look at it. There's no bigger figure in history than Jesus. And if Jesus eats meat, so should you. Jesus was pro-meat. But, okay, I mean, all right, you know, back it up. Just just one, one little step here. And real, I mean, realize the time period, obviously. That's all I'm saying. Realize the time period, what we know about medical science, what we know about health today. What else were they doing in Jesus' time period that we wouldn't do today? I mean, come on. Look at other things they were doing. I don't know, but I'm all about turning water into wine. So if he wouldn't mind, I got this glass of water right here. Mm -hmm. Sure could use it. Mm -hmm. I got you. I'm not not down on the Bible by any means. not saying the Bible isn't full of historical fact. I, I, I believe it is. I think there's a lot in the Bible that can be, you know, really historically uh, verified. I mean, I mean, truly. Is that a strong case for eating meat? Uh, debatable. There's only debatable. one case I need for eating meat, and that's flavor. Ah, uh, the sweet flavor of meat. There's nothing better than a ribeye. I will say that. I, I, I will say that nothing in the vegetarian world tastes like meat. I will say that. I mean, you know, sans the, the, uh, the new Impossible Burgers, those, those are pretty close to meat. I will say that. But true, nothing in the vegetarian world tastes or smells or, you know, feels like meat in your mouth. If, if you like meat in your mouth, which Marcus does. He's There's the no denying that. None. All forms. Speaking of meat, me being the meat man, I got great news today. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic. This is my great news for the day. December 2nd, the McRib comes back on the McDonald's menu. Oh, dear God. 
I am excited about it. You're excited. <laughs> the McRib is coming. Who the hell? What is what is the McRib made of? Who cares? I mean, how many? What meats is the McRib? Is it meat even? There might be less meat in the McRib than broccoli. You know what I mean? I, who knows what? It, I will tell you. You're you're getting some prison grade meat there. You're getting some hot dog grade scrap parts. Well, Let's you know just what? leave it at that. If they serve that in prison, shackle me up, baby. Like processed meats. I just wanted to say thank you for John for writing in. People just please continue to send questions or comments to us on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page. So thank you very much, John, for writing in. I want to actually ask a question for Sir Brandon here. All right, my door is open. It's a little bit off topic of what we were just talking about, but I know you like to talk political. My door is always open. A little bit. So here's my question. How much do you think mail-in ballots are going to affect the results of the election? This is one of those things that no matter what happens, you're going to have people saying, oh, well, this happened? Well, it's because of those damn mail-in ballots. Whether or not Trump gets elected, whether or not he doesn't get reelected, you're going to have people saying, well, well, this is the perfect scapegoat. Well, this wouldn't happen if those damn, you know, they're inaccurate. You know, you can send them in three days later, blah, 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 and all this crap. Do I think they're perfectly accurate? I mean, do I think that, I mean, truly? Is that the best way of doing things? No. What I, I mean, think really? here, what I think is that effectively you're turning off the whole class of voters. I think that you have the hardcore people voting with, I mean, I know not every state's doing mail-in ballots, but I think that you have the hardcore voters on both sides are going to be the ones that physically do it. You know, maybe the outcome's a little bit skewed because people that tend to vote for Biden are going to go with the, the mail-in ballot route and people that vote for Trump are going to, are also the ones saying, I don't believe in that they're coronavirus, right? So maybe they're going in and physically voting. But also I think that if Biden wins, I should say that no matter who wins, I think you're almost definitely going to demand a re recount. People are still getting directions on the TV and in the radio on how to fill out the mail-in ballots correctly because if you screw up one little thing, it doesn't count. And coming to the post office who can't even get me simple forms and simple mail in a good amount of time, you're now being asked, you know, still running those ads four days, five days until the election. And then you're anticipating that that mail is going to get there. Have you not used the postal system in America before? There's a reason why UPS and FedEx exists. It's crap. Mm -hmm. So do you think they're going to automatically, no matter who wins, going to ask for a recount? Do you think Trump's actually going to step down if he loses? Well, that's, that's a scary thing now that we have people. There, there is a lot of talk about this. 
We just have the Pennsylvania Governor Wolf saying the state is prepared for election-related civil unrest. We have our coming out and saying that, hey, look, basically, no matter what the hell happens, what they're saying is basically get ready for a freaking fiasco. Whether Trump wins and the Democrats are saying, oh, this was rigged, this is BS, Trump loses, of course, the Republicans are going to say, oh, it's because of those damn mail-in ballots. This was a bunch of crap. Who the hell knows? What if Trump isn't leading? What if he turns into a freaking dictator, barricades himself in the White House? We're talking about a reality TV star here, not a politician, a real estate mogul, a celebrity. We're talking about not the coronavirus, this whole grandiose uh, scheme you know, of him getting the virus. I mean, would it surprise me if he, if he staged this, this sit-in at the White House, refusing to leave, uh, you know, barricading himself? That wouldn't surprise me in the least. Are people going to go freaking nuts over that? Absolutely they are. People are already going nuts. Not only are you defeating the man as the president, but you also have to defeat the ego. And that ego is going to say, I didn't lose. You also have to defeat the hair. <laughs> and that's some interesting hair. <laughs> he claims it's not a wig. I don't know what the hell it is. Bosley. You know, where they do the hair plugs. It's not a mm. wig. They're hair plugs. You know, like they say, it's your real hair. Do you think Trump's a member of the hair club for men? Maybe his back. Do you have a hairy back? His back's a member of the hair club for men. Maybe the hair on his head was transplanted from his back. <laughs> Just a more, thought, folks. More like his ass. All right. Who has blonde back or ass hair? Uh, mine's I, dark. How do you know? I know. Okay. Will I know. you check mine for me? I know. I don't even need to look. I know what color yours is. Okay. <laughs> I know. Let's leave it at that. Are you really friends unless you've seen yourself naked? Uh, not the best of friends. <laughs> Just kidding. Not the best of friends. This political business, this is craziness. We have people in my hometown here in Western Pennsylvania. We have people spray painting signs. Scumbag on Biden signs, Trump over Biden signs. Uh, I saw some signs that were burned. I mean, some insanity. And it goes the same way with the Democrats as well. You know, you have these, these, these groups that are anti-police. And this is going to be a, a, a firestorm to say this, but you've got the Black Lives Matter groups as well. I mean, by definition, I'm not downing their message. I'm not saying Black Lives don't matter. Absolutely not. Of course I'm not saying that. Of course, I'm not saying that. I completely understand what they're saying. But attacking police officers and being violent, uh, that's wrong from any side, period. Here's a note. My friend Sean lives in Philly. And apparently there's rioting over there. Mm -hmm. And it all came down to a African-American male mm -hmm. who the police visited that day three times. And then at the end, had a knife, and the police officers did not have tasers. They've warned him several times to drop the weapon. He did not. He got shot and got killed. And you're saying in that scenario, 
that you want to use non-deadly force. And people are also saying, in conjunction, to defund the police. You realize those cops, yes, they didn't use the proper equipment because they didn't have tasers. And now you want to take away more money from them. And I got to give you a hint. If the state has to choose whether to cut the cost of the tasers or cut the cost of the guns, I bet you know which ones they're picking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we, we, you, you see instances like this, and we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. Is, is there more beneath the scene? Is there more beneath the surface on both sides, on the sides of the criminal, supposed criminal, on the sides of the police? There are things that we don't know. And of course, everything is videotaped. Everything has a thousand eyewitnesses today. I mean, who the hell knows? Am I trained to make that? Are you a policeman? Am I a policeman? Am I trained to make that call? When to shoot somebody and when not to shoot somebody? Trained to make that call. This is what I think is going on here in a nutshell. And I know this is probably a very unpopular opinion to talk about, but fuck it. Who cares? Right? I think what's going on here is that communities are blaming the 10% of bad cops who are evil, who are not doing their job, who are not trained properly and don't have the, the mental capacity to understand the, the things that they're doing to these communities when they, when they do certain things. But I also think it's the same way on the other side. I think each side is, because if you, all you hear about the rioters is, you know, you don't hear about the protests, you hear about the riots. And those aren't riots, those are protests. You see people saying that all over Facebook. The thing of it is, is you're doing the same thing. You're taking your group as a whole and blaming the other 10%, and they're taking their group as a whole and blaming it on the, and the opposite 10%. And it's basically you're just seeing both sides of a radical system and nowhere in between. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. You've got the extreme criminals, and you've got the extreme police. Um, again, dig deeper. What was this man's history? How many times has he been arrested? How many times has he been in, involved in violent crime? The police pull up his record and say, oh, Christ, here we go again. It's this guy again. Maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe he has no record. Maybe they're completely wrong. Maybe they're completely justified in, in, in being ready for a confrontation because they know this guy. Maybe yes, maybe no. Look at these police officers. How many officer-involved incidences they have been in? Have they been suspended? Have they been warned? Have they, have they used excessive force in the past? I don't know these questions. And I think we need to answer these questions before we, we, we read something at face value and then go burn down a neighborhood because that just creates more problems. Okay, do the research. Give it, but I understand tempers run high. People are angry. They want vengeance. They want justice immediately. They're not going to take five days and fact check. They're going to storm out, out of the house tonight and go burn down their own neighborhood, which who is that hurting? You're hurting yourselves. Who is that hurting? I think it's all about perspective because I'll, I'll be honest with you through the whole thing. You know, I'm, a, I'm on either side. You know, some would say I don't have the, the footing to talk about it because I'm a white male. But here's what I think. I think if you were to put yourself in that person's shoes and you were that police officer, then if you had a gentleman with a knife regarding of mental illness, 
because that's only escalating the situation. Yes, you should be trained on de-escalating the situation, but sometimes, I don't know if you've ever dealt with an angry person, sometimes there's really nothing you could do or to say to get that person to calm down. And if I'm in that police officer's shoes and it comes down to either me trying a non-lethal shot and potentially killing somebody or me going home at night to my wife and kids, guess which one I'm going to pick. And on the opposite side of that, I know in the case of George Floyd, where the cop was on the guy's neck for how long was it? Nine minutes? Uh, I think it may have been more. Nine minutes minutes or more. I would not be on that guy's neck for nine minutes or more. In one case, that cop should be absolutely punished. He had a history of being that way to, to the community, and he should absolutely be punished. On the other hand, the guy who's just trying to keep the community safe to prevent him from going out and stabbing other people and possibly taking his life away, that is absolutely justifiable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. You've got in the video, and now, I mean, th- this is going by the video that we saw of George Floyd. Who the hell knows what happened three minutes before that video? But I, I will say, I've never heard of any case, I've never heard of any report of him having a weapon. I heard he was highly intoxicated on God knows what. That's one issue. Okay, did he have a weapon? That's, and again, that's not to say you've got someone who's of, of a larger stature, who's intoxicated. Can they be very dangerous with their own hands? Will they bite your nose off and not remember it? If they're high on PCP, if they're drunk on alcohol, sure they will. Can somebody be lethal with their own hands? Sure they can. If, did, it, if, did it justify that kind of force? If you were on that, on that guy's neck for however many minutes, you had time to put his hands in handcuffs and put him in the back of a car. You had four other people there to help you. That, that cop's just a dick. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't defund his police department. You should just fire those cops. I'd fire that cop. Or in that case, put him in jail for this one. But I mean, in general, you get rid of the bad cops and you keep the good ones. We're judging the cops on the the bad 10%. And likewise, the other people looking at it are are judging people getting shot as the other 10%. Mm -hmm. That's that's a tough thing. Obviously, neither of us were there that day. But the video that I saw of George Floyd, I mean, yeah, you have somebody saying that he's completely subdued. He's of no threat to anybody. He's saying, I can't breathe, for Christ's sake. He can't breathe because you're kneeling on his neck. If you want to hold him down, hold him down. Don't kneel on his neck. Hold him down. Hold him, you know, uh, put your knee on the small of his back. If he's that violent and that dangerous, which he didn't seem to be at all, let, okay, kneel on his neck for five seconds until you get the cuffs on him. Then get up. I mean, Jesus Christ. And then the next one you see is his lifeless body being, being rolled over. Uh, did it require that? Was that excessive force? I think that there needs to be the exact opposite of defunding the police. I think the police needs more funding. And the reason I say that is because what are the requirements for being a police officer? two years of college, we can't make that more where there's extended classes on 
what to do in certain situations. I mean, you tell me we take volleyball and, you know, I had a badminton class in college. You couldn't make martial arts training part of the required courses to take to be a police officer. You couldn't have de-escalation classes and you could have a higher vetting process with more psychological examining before you give that cop a gun. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I know in some instances, there's a, a gross amount of money that companies are getting to buy equipment that they're not using. I do understand, but that money can be fun, funneled to other places and places to make the police better. You, what do you think is going to happen when we defund the police? You're going to call 911. Do you know who's going to show up? Joe, the pizza guy. Why? Because you ordered a pizza 15 minutes ago. Not, not any cop. If you're taking away his paycheck. The cops are already, in my opinion, pretty underpaid. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a matter of defunding the police. I think it's a matter of making sure that the money goes to the right places. Because I know a couple cops, should I say, I've been, I wouldn't say friends, but acquaintances. And I know around, especially around your area, that there's cases where cops are working multiple departments just as part-time. And when they're on part-time, they're not even getting their health coverage covered because they're part-time officers. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's not right. Mm. That's a, that, that is a hard as hell job. I would, I would second the idea of giving more funding to the police. If you, and has anybody ever seen the Netflix series Flint town? It's about police in Flint, Michigan. I would highly recommend watching that series. It's like seven or eight episodes long. It's excellent. It's like the TV show Cops from the 90s on Fox, but it's 10 times better. It really shows the plight of these officers. And if you increase the funding, you put more officers on the streets. You've got a, a, a city like Flint, Michigan, and at times they would have like, I, I forget the number exactly, but... Uh, eight cars or something like that, grossly understaffed to police the whole city. So you've got an officer gets out, two in the morning, it's dark. You've got a group of assailants, group of criminals, a gang, whatever. You've got 10, 12, 15 guys. It's just you. Your backup is 20 minutes away. You're going to be much more likely to pull that trigger. If you had more staff on the street, you got three cars that show up. you got more boots on the ground the situation down you can tase you can pepper spray if need be you don't need to go right to that gun but you're you're it's 15 against one or it's three or four or whatever it is armed assailants in someone's neighborhood what do you want the cop to do when we see violence time and time again then you've got these groups that are that are, are defund the police that are that are saying attack the police by by and large folks the police are there to help you and we have to look at like you said them being grossly underfunded and grossly uh, under underpaid and one thing we never think about with police is sleep deprivation i highly recommend anybody to look into lieutenant colonel dave grossman look at his studies he has two great books on combat and on killing look at his studies he has more than that assassination generation is one of his newest ones but if you look in to his work sleep deprivation is absolutely 
terrible for, for this society, sleep deprivation. You're going to make terrible decisions you wouldn't normally make. You're under stress, you're underrested, and then you're underpaid. You're working these double shifts, crazy hours. You're put into a situation, and these officers are doing things they wouldn't normally do. And that's a shame. So that's fun, right. the police. Okay, folks, hang on. Be right back after this break. And we're back. Thank you for joining us again off the Hinges podcast. So I, I do really think that, you know, martial arts training should be, especially for you, you're, you're the martial arts guy. Don't you think it's beneficial to know that? I do. I do. It's a matter of practicality. There is no, if we, if we look at today, if you look at what's out there today, and you define martial art, quote unquote, you know, the art of the art of war, the art of the military, the martial, the art of art of war, military. We, we've we've watered things down, we've bastardized things down. MMA is what it is. It's a huge cash cow. Is there self-defense value in MMA? Or self is, is self-defense in MMA two different things? Yes. There's only yes. one reason people watch MMA, and that's to see someone get knocked out. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You have to remember, folks, martial arts. What's the second word there, kids? That's right, arts. Then you've got MMA, mixed martial arts. That's wonderful, okay, to mix everything together. Okay, great. Because it's exciting to watch. That's a sport. There's a sport. There's an art. There's the art of war, the art of defending yourself and your family. And then there's the sport of trying to beat somebody up for money when you have a Budweiser logo on your ass. There's two different things. There's going home to see my kids, and there's winning the title and winning a million dollars. So policemen need to be, yes, and they don't need to be taught some fancy whatever BS that doesn't work in the real world. Yes, they need real techniques. They need to learn the martial arts, which have kept warriors and what Dave Grossman, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman calls sheepdogs, those that protect society, alive for thousands of years. These techniques are nothing new, folks. There's only one way to fight. That's what Bruce Lee said, that there's only one way to fight until a human being grows four arms and five legs. There's only one martial art. There's only one human fighting style. There's not the Korean way to fight, the Japanese way to fight, the Brazilian way to fight. There's a human way to fight. Bruce Lee was a huge innovator, wonderful philosopher. If you ever have a chance to read any of his work, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. To get down, just from the image of Bruce Lee, the, yeah, the crazy, you know, beat you up in the movies. Okay, that's great. But he wanted that to be a vehicle for his art, not his sport, his art. Wasn't interested in money, folks. He wanted to spread the message. Wonderful human being. I didn't even know that he, when he write books. Oh, God. Bruce Lee was a prolific author. I didn't prolific even know that. philosopher. Yeah, prolific philosopher. What, what you see him do in the movies is the tip of the iceberg of the man. That was just his hook. That was just his, like, the bait to get you lured in so he could expand your mind just, just beyond ahead of his time. They, they call him the father of, uh, of MMA because he was the guy that, that took, he says, okay, I like how boxers punch. 
Okay, I'm going to fight like a boxer. I like how Muay Thai boxers from Thailand kick. I'm going to kick like them. I like how people from Brazil wrestle. I'm going to wrestle like them. He was the first true in this, uh, not the first ever in history, of course, but the first uh, in, in our recent history uh, that was propelled to the mainstream, the, the true mixed martial artist, wonderful human being. So I got to ask, Chuck Norris, real or fake? Chuck's the real deal. Chuck's the real deal. Chuck, Chuck did Korean karate, which was Tung Soo Do, which is what I did since I was a kid. There are hard and soft styles of martial arts. Tung Soo Do, karate, those are hard styles of martial arts. It's about power. It's about breaking boards. It's about breaking bricks. Kyokushin karate in Japan, uh, hardening the body, hard style karate. So, not much finesse, not much grace, just power. And then would things like Aikido be the soft style? Aikido is soft style. Yep. Judo is built as the gentle way. Uh, because judo was a safer way to practice jujitsu because jujitsu came from Japan originally. And then the Brazilians, the Gracie family in Brazil took it and adapted it to, to work for smaller individuals, which again, beautiful, wonderful, wonderful family, the, the, the Gracies innovators. You, you can't, I mean, Hey, say, say what you will about them, but they're, they're true pioneers, but yeah, hard and soft style, Tai Chi, a very soft style of martial arts, senior citizens you know, in, in China, wake up and do Tai Chi. Question. Great for circulation. So which one would be more suitable to train the police in? Hard style or soft? Because get me wrong, isn't Aikido, don't you use your opponent's body weight against them? You know, their movement against them? So would that be a better thing to teach the police? You, you know much, Grasshopper. <laughs> You know a lot about this stuff, apparently. I think there's more to Marcus than meets the eye. But good, very good questions. Very good questions. Let's go back to Bruce Lee for what it's worth. To say what works for the individual. If you've got somebody who's 6'5", 280, what's going to work for him? You've got somebody who's my size, maybe 5'11 or so, 165. What's going to work for me? And then you put me in there against a guy that is 6'5, 280. I'm not going to overpower him. I got to survive him. I got to ride the wave with him. I'm going to be on my back in the first 10 seconds. That's unavoidable. He's just too damn big. He's just, he's just too damn big. And now if, if we go... One step further, here's another name to write down, folks. Jeff Thompson, he coined the phrase, the three-second fight. If you look up Jeff Thompson, another prolific, prolific individual, prolific fighter, prolific martial artist who is a doorman, a bouncer, who was in hundreds of altercations, who became, who used to work in a factory sweeping floors, who eventually faced all of his fears in life, wrote a book called Fear the Friend of Exceptional People, an amazing book, changed my life when I was in high school. Look at someone like that. He calls two different things. You know, you, you, you've got match fighting where you go in. I go into the UFC octagon. It's Saturday night, whatever. The, the match has been set for three months. I bow to you, right? There's the match. 
That's a match fight. Then you've got a real fight. You've got an ambush fight where someone attacks you and you don't even know what the hell happened. And then what he, you have what he calls a three-second fight when you're in a verbal confrontation with somebody and you can see that they're trying to verbally, first verbally assault you and then physically gain uh, ground on you. And it's up to you to what he always says, uh, calls to take the sniper option and preemptively attack the person. Now, can you do that as a policeman? You can preemptively uh, subdue the person possibly. That's, that's what we see these officers are doing there's someone coming at you with a knife. Did the, did the guy with the knife, did he cut anybody? Did he throw the knife? Did he harm one officer? No, but they were convinced he was going to. They had every reason to believe he was going to. There's a world of difference there. So every situation calls for something different. If somebody is, if you walk around a corner and somebody's instantly punching you and beating you, okay, all of a sudden, guess what? You're wrestling. It's jujitsu time. If you're three feet away from somebody, they're trying to walk up on you, you can tell. If you can punch or kick them first, guess what? It's karate time. If you're laying there on the ground, someone's trying to stomp your head in, guess what? It's <laughs> cover your ass up time. So it depends on the situation. So it depends on more training. Depends on more training in practice. And, and, and guys, remember, police train with their weapon only once or twice a year. You can't just go to a training course and, okay, I shot 50 rounds, okay, I'm qualified for the year. you got to practice with that weapon every weekend, every month, every chance you get. you got to go to the gym and you got to wrestle. you got to lift at home. You can't just, okay, all right, you know, whatever, qualified, I'm done. If, if this is your job, it's your life. you got to train all the time. It's a commitment. you got to have a head bag in the basement, baby. you gotta, you, you got to eat, sleep, and breathe. I know one guy that used to be a cop in my hometown and he gets up early in the morning, goes to the gym and then goes to work on his lunch breaks, goes to the gym, comes home, eats dinner and then has wrestling classes after and then comes home and goes to bed. You know, I don't, I think it's a, or should I say that we definitely realize that there's bad cops out there and we do know while you know people are frustrated while we are frustrated as well over the actions of the bad cops, but we just can't you know, people get mad if someone, you know, treats you or your community as as one thing as you're all bad. At the same time, now we're doing the same thing to the cops and it's okay. It's not. We need to stop judging everybody by 10 bad apples and start judging the 10 bad apples as 10 bad apples. There's the exception to the rule, not, not the rule itself. And guess what guys. And I, and, and, and I understand, and this is the broad statement, of course. I mean, here I am in my ivory tower in my life, my comparative life of privilege. But if a violent act takes place, how in the hell does more violence make that right? And yes, is there justifiable rage? Is there justifiable violence? You put me in that position. You put me growing up in that position. Would I do the same thing? You, you, I probably would. I probably would. And people, 
people are calling, you know, for the presidential election, some people are saying that it might turn to a civil war afterwards. The only thing I got to say is this. The answer to the police situation, the answer to all of this does not stem for who wins the presidential race. It does not. Not even a little bit, not even a fraction of the bit. Neither is your option. Now, we're not saying it couldn't get changed like that. Again, you have to get people in the seats at lower levels. But the presidential race actually doesn't mean shit for either one of these. Mm-hmm. You know, people say that it's, it's Trump supporters versus Biden supporters. But the problem is, is we've all picked sides many times ago on, on which side you lie with. And regardless of who, who is president, that shouldn't justify your actions of going out and doing something stupid. Protest, but protest correctly. Get off the streets. If you are going to be on the streets and walking in the roads, do what other groups before you have done and notify the police and get them to block out the roads for everyone's safety. Don't be rioting. Don't be doing any of that stupid shit. Why? Because you're smarter than that. And when did violence ever solve anything? No. You, and you can't. You're protesting violence with violence? That doesn't make sense. There's a reason why most wars end in a peace treaty. That's because both of them are tired of, of dying. It gets you nowhere. That's why you come to conclusions. And how you get that peace treaty is voting for the lower levels in office, doing positive things in your community, making positive programs, not defunding the police, but allowing the police to get properly chained in physical and psychological confrontations, allowing them to do all that. The answer is never violence. As much as you think it might be, that's our first instinct when we're pissed off and hurt and angry is to lash out. That's, that's understandably so. But you're, you're burning down. And none of these protests, none of these protests are taking place. If something happens in, in neighborhood A, you know, no one's driving 300 miles and then tearing it up. They're destroying their own neighborhood. You're just making things worse for yourself and for everybody around that. That, that just sucks on all accounts. If you want to make a change, you want to fight the system, then, right, stop shopping on Amazon for a month. Stop shopping at Walmart for a month. Like we always say, vote with your wallet. There's your protest. Refuse to go to work. Uh, I mean, that's controversial. You know, who, who knows, right? <laughs> Something like that. But anything, you know, but violence. And stop burning down people's shops, right? Because Susie the Bakery has nothing to do with you. And let me put it this way. If your neighbor is having an argument with your other neighbor and then they burn your car down, what the hell did you do to them? Absolutely nothing. You have nothing to do with it. Stop burning down Susie's Bakery because this shit's happening. No. No, put, go, go buy something at Susie's Bakery. Go call Susie's Baker on Monday morning and say, have a fundraiser. Have a half-off sale. Stay, stage, an, stage an event there. Uh, you sign a petition, you get a free muffin. You know, something Awareness. Like that. Yep. 
something like that. Incorporate that to your, to your message. You just going out there and lashing out with rage. That has never worked in human history and it never will work. It never will work. We're falling for this time and time again and lashing out with vi- facing violence with violence is, is the ultimate dead end street that can never work. Please chime in. Let us know. Let us your two cents. If you've been affected by these, these actions, if you've been affected by police violence, if you are a policeman, let's hear your side of the story for a change. Let's hear an unbiased side of the story. What have you been through? What do you see on the street? If you're the other side, you're getting pulled over, you're getting chased by police, you're being harassed. What are you seeing? Because I'm not on either side. I, I'm not a policeman, and I've never been harassed by the police. So is it right for me to sit here and, and pontificate uh, and, and say what you should and should not do? I'm just calling it as I see it, but I want to know how you see it out there. I've dealt with cops plenty of times that were absolutely nice, but I've dealt with cops that also were dicks and have treated me poorly. Am I blaming all cops on that one copy and a dick? No, that dude was just a dick. Mm-hmm. To be frank. So, all right, guys. Thank you for joining in on this very, very intense conversation. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not saying it's one way or the other. It's up for you to ultimately decide. But we think you should go the route of peaceful protests and changing our communities from the inside out and overall being the better person which is pretty much the whole idea that we're trying to get across. Don't, we're not trying to put ourselves in other people's shoes because we're not other people. We're taking it from our perspective. And if you don't like it, we don't care. Hmm. Why? Because it's our show and not yours. But let us know why you don't like it. Uh, for real, not trying to, to put it down like that, but sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta. Check us out. Facebook at Off the Hinges Podcast. We're Twitter at Off the Hinges PC. Always hashtag and truth seeking. I think we true uh, saw a lot of truth today. Instagram, we're at Off the Hinges, Off the Hinges Business at gmail.com. Reach out to us, inquiries, so on. And you can hear us everywhere Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict. So please check us out. Drop us a line. And let us know what you think. If you've been affected by this, if you have something to say, please, the floor is yours. Let us know. And please continue to share. I cannot stress it enough. Please like our pages. Please share our content. We're really counting on you guys this week. We need to get the word out there that we're doing this. We need to get our whole Off the Hinges community running on top gear here. Please give us a share. And let us know what you think. Again, I'm, I, you know, I use the term that it's our show, not yours. But really, we, we do care what you think. We, we're saying that in more of a terms of we're not letting other people dictate how we talk about things on our show. But we're going to give you facts. If you write in, those are your facts. And as we did in the beginning of this episode, we'll read them right on the air. And hey, if we get enough people sending these things in maybe we'll even go on twitch and do a live question segment where you can ask us things right there on twitch oh that'd be great live q a it'll be live without a safety net anything goes hey let me have it but we need you to get us there okay please share it with everybody you know 
Get them to sign up. And what an experience it will be. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, and have a good night. And overall, stay safe. Thank you. God bless you.